Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, it's time for How To when we address some of the, uh, the decisions we don't take, make every day. Today, it's How To Donate an Organ. We're joined by Dr. Catherine Motherway, Clinical Lead on Organ Donation at University Hospital Limerick. Catherine, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you, Sean? Uh, I suppose there's two sorts of organ donation. That you ma- when you make when you're alive and that after death. So, when you're alive, what is there a list of organs you're allowed to donate and to whom? Um, There is. In fact, well, in Ireland, the only living donor programme we have is kidney donation. And um, you can donate a kidney if you're in good health because you have two of them. And therefore, if you're in good health, the other kidney will do the work for you and you will be able to get that gift to another person. And at the moment, you can donate a kidney either to a relative or to somebody known to you, um, provided that person is in the position to actually receive a kidney. So they would that your the person that you know would have to have kidney disease, would have to be seen by the transplant program in Beaumont and would have to be fit to have a transplant. And then if you chose to give a gift to that person, be it your sister, brother, relative or somebody, a good friend, um, you can do that by making contact with the transplant service at Beaumont Hospital. And provided you're in good health and you don't have any diseases that means that your kidneys are affected or you don't have any disease that you might that might, you know, interfere with the donor and provided Mm. your blood group and the donor's blood group are compatible, then it is entirely possible. And in fact, they they do between 50 and 35 of these a year and hope to do more in in Beaumont. And living transplants and the living transplant programme is a very, very, very important part of our transplant programme for people who have end stage renal failure. Yeah, and for, for for the people who are donating, is the, the the medical procedure is it very onerous for them? Well, they have to have the kidney removed, and provided they're obviously their their kidneys are in good shape, it is usually now done by keyhole. Please God, um, you spend between five and ten days potentially in hospital. Um, you generally are a very healthy patient and you are seen and assessed by the transplant team um, very carefully for both health reasons and for psychological reasons um, to make sure that you're giving this gift freely and um, to understand the risks, which are for a very healthy person, relatively minor. But there's no such yeah. thing as a, you know, I mean, crossing the road carries risk. So um, yes. <laughs> having, having a surgery, you know, within itself, it has some minor risk. And that's all very thoroughly explained by the transplant team and the um, and, and the surgeons. And you have your own surgeon. So if, if there's two of you having an operation, the person who's giving the kidney has their own surgeon who's responsible for them. And the person who's receiving the kidney will have a separate surgeon and a separate team, obviously, mm. to take care of them. Uh, what would the recovery time be like? Um, on average, you spend about five to ten days in hospital, and after any moderately, you know, reasonable surgery, you'd be, you know, you'd you, you would take at least, I would say, about five to ten weeks to fully recover. Essentially, it's like any other operation, um, mm. because it's keyhole now. It's it's much better now. Obviously, when you do keyhole surgery, sometimes you have to um, change tack and that, but mostly with keyhole surgery, the recovery is quite fast essentially, and you are obviously taken care of and followed up by your surgeon and the team and the team quite regularly. Uh, Now, obviously, no, no one's going to do this for the money, but 
you know, if you are donating a, a kidney to someone, it's going to cost you something financially in terms of childcare or whatever. Is there some degree of compensation one gets? There or is to cover a degree costs? of reimbursement. So nobody will do it for the money. Um, organs are never, um, well, not any, any, anywhere in the civilised world, sold. So any costs that you incur um, will be reimbursed within reason. And, and there is actually um, information for that on the internet via the Citizens Information and also via the Beaumont website. But essentially, you would be compensated for loss of earnings. You would be given reimbursement for reasonable travel expenses. Things like childcare that you might have to um, organise if you are, you know, the, the somebody with young children and our living donors are usually very young. So all of those would be reimbursed um, and vouched. And there is actually an entire document on that available quite freely. So, I mean, if you lose earnings, you will absolutely be reimbursed and any of your reasonable costs will actually also be covered. Um, And it's all laid out quite, you can actually get that information via the websites. So people aren't Mm. out of pocket um, at all. But obviously, um, there is no way that we would encourage people to do this for money because that's not ethically um, the way I think about organ donation, it is a gift freely given. It is an enormous gift to give to anybody, I have to say. Yeah. And yeah. For, for kidney transplant recipients, living donation means that they are often on the waiting list less long. They have to endure dialysis less long. And um, after 10 years, um, the results are slightly better than deceased kidney donation. So it is an enormous oh. gift um, that that if you can do it um, and if you're in a position to do it and it's not for everybody so I mean it, you know it, it's something that people consider and when you're seen by the team you're, give, you're given all of the information and given a lot of time and people are make sure that you're not being you know pushed into it uh, in any way shape or form so it, it's it, it's it's absolutely a, a wonderful thing to do for anybody because being on dialysis, particularly as a young patient, is very difficult. Getting a mortgage, getting work, all mm. of that sort of stuff is is just it's it's a very difficult way of life. And while dialysis yeah. supports um, many people, I mean, the gift of a transplant is is huge in terms of the actual quality of life that our transplant recipients receive and also in terms of their duration of life. So if you get yeah. a transplant, generally you do very well and you live a lot longer. Why are, why are the regulations such that you can only donate it to someone that you know? Um, that is the current position. The Human Tissue Bill, which has just been um, uh, adver- uh, not advertised, uh, published on the um, Arachthus website, um, will allow for altruistic donation and um, th- that will we presume be enacted in the next 12 months and at that point in time you may choose to give a, ki- a gift of a kidney to someone you don't know um, and at the moment if you want to do that that can happen but you have to travel out of the jurisdiction um, either to Belfast or to the United Kingdom and you can also sometimes do what they call a paired um, kidney donation so if you <laughs> if you have a kidney and it doesn't suit your friend or your relative you can give that maybe to somebody else Else, and then their friend or relative can give their kidney to you. And that's organised also by Beaumont, by um, Coventry in the United Kingdom, and I think also sometimes in Belfast. Ah, right, John. You anticipated a text that just came in there from Frances, who is a kidney donor, and she says she, she wanted you to talk about that. Uh, another listener just wonders, uh, just what you were saying about it being keyhole surgery. Yes. They're wondering how can you get something as large as a kidney out through a, a relatively small incision? <laughs> 
having had to sit and watch surgeons do this uh, myself uh, through keyhole surgery it, it is a little tedious but it can be done it is a very the small incision um, is slightly expanded but it's much much smaller than the classical incision for a nephrectomy so they do actually manage to get out through quite a small incision in fairness and the pain uh, afterwards is much much better after keyhole surgery than after made, uh, you know open surgery now sometimes we do actually, we can deal with post-operative pain. I'm an anaesthetist, that's what I do for, or did do for a living until very recently. So we do deal with, the, but the recovery is much faster after keyhole if successful. And, mm. um, you know, it's, and it's, it's the way that we do it to try and minimise any risk to the donor. Yeah, and, it's, and, and obviously it's just kidneys in Ireland. Yes. Is there, are, are there any other organs that could be uh, transplanted li- live? That I, liver, to do that? Uh, partial right. liver can be donated, yeah. but, and I, 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 we don't do that in Ireland, so I'm not very au fait with it, but certainly right. par- partial livers can be donated generally by parents to children in my, uh, from my reading. So that can mm. also be donated, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you, right. see, you have two kidneys, so if you give one kidney away, you have the other kidney to do the job, provided that both yes. kidneys are healthy. <laughs> you can't give away your heart or your lungs because they're required mm. to keep you alive. So, um, yes. obviously... Uh, that that's pointing out. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. Pretty I thought obvious. most people would know that, yes. Uh, now, uh, now, now, after death, the... the, the I suppose most many people would be familiar with on your uh, on your driving license. You can take a box. It, it, do you have to have signed something in advance of your death? No, to, to donate uh, organs. You don't have to have signed something, um, but it is it's it's useful for your family to know what you would want because generally, the people who donate organs after death have often died in very sudden and tragic circumstances. Um, because they're generally people who were in the whole of their health and something terribly sudden has happened to them, generally causing very significant and major brain damage leading to um, death. Um, So it is then that people like me who work in intensive care will approach the family of the deceased person and ask them what... Let's say Catherine, let's use my Catherine would have wanted if I was the misfortunate person lying there in the bed. Now, my husband will know right well that I wanted to be an organ donor because for one, he signed my card many years ago. For two, he knows I've put it in my license. And for three, I've told him on more than one occasion that I want to be an organ donor. Should I be misfortunate enough to lose my life in the circumstances where I could be a donor? So the first and most important thing that people should do is tell their significant other, whoever that is, their nearest and dearest, the people that we would be talking to should something terribly unexpected happen to them. Having Mm. that conversation is really important because one of the hardest things I find when I have these conversations with families is when they don't know, when they wonder what they would have wanted. I mean, if when they know it is just... Obviously, we tell them terrible news, but when you ask them then, they know that they would have said it sometimes just in passing um, or sometimes they might have had a deep and meaningful conversation or they know it's on the driving licence or they know it's um, they carry an Irish a card from the Irish Kidney Association, which can be got from the IKEA website um, virtually. And, you know, once when they know, it really means that they can honour the wishes of that person. It's, uh, I come from a rural background, so it's a bit like making a will, if you know what I mean. Yes. I mean, they're your executor. So if you tell mm. them what you want, they will do what you want in those terrible circumstances. None of us want to be uh, deceased. In fact, you're much more likely to need a transplant than you are to be a deceased organ donor. Um, but that said, 
having that conversation is really, really important. Um, over a million people, I think, have actually signed up on the driving license. And we often ask families to look at the driving license because it's it's coded 115. And also many people carry an organ donor card. And essentially, once we ask them what you would have wanted and they tell us, and then if it is possible for you to become an organ donor in those circumstances, we will organise for that to happen in conjunction with Organ Donation Transplant Ireland and the transplant teams, either locally or internationally, depending on what you are in a position to offer. Yeah, now, obviously, a very difficult conversation uh, for you to to have with the families. And what's the take up rate, to put it crassly, when you have that conversation? We're still awaiting probably a a very decent audit in relation to this. But roughly speaking, I would say it's about 60 percent in terms of um, um, families assenting. Um, essentially, and families who know what the person wanted are very quick to give you their answer. It's when they don't know that they get troubled. We know that in life, that if you ask, let's say, 100 people um, in Ireland, uh, based on recent polls, that 80% people say they'd want to become a donor. But obviously that 80% aren't telling their families that because, you know, it's just, you know, it's just people don't think about death, particularly when they're relatively young and healthy. Um, Mm. But it it is really like, you know, making a will if you have nothing to leave, you know, you know, financially people don't think about it. But things happen to us all. We've the last three years have taught us this, that life is very uncertain. And if it is something that you would like to do, if you were unfortunate enough to lose your life, telling somebody else is really, really important so that we can honour those wishes because it, it's a final act of love really for a family to do it and it gives families huge comfort in the middle of such tragic circumstances. Yeah, I cannot emphasise how much it helps them um, at, at the time and as time passes and particularly this time of year when people miss their relatives. You know, this is a really sad time of year if you've had a recent death or any death in fact. You know, yeah. to think that they could and have contributed and saved lives because, I mean, they say like one donor can save up to seven lives. It's it's unbelievable the good that can yeah. be done, both for the recipients and, and, and the yeah. families. Yeah, on that point, Catherine, what can be donated? Is it just organs? Because I, I see texts and people asking, can you donate eyes after your death, for instance? Um, we used to donate eyes in Ireland. We have stopped donating eyes in, in, in Ireland since New Variant CJD. Um, all of our corneal transplants come from the United States, actually. The, all the corneal transplant procedures that we perform. So I, the eye donations um, stopped some time ago. But we can donate liver, kidney, Pancreas, heart. Um, uh, I'm just making sure I have them all when I'm on lungs. Lungs. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. and obviously, the, the, you know, we we oh, there's been over three thousand um, um, donors, deceased donors, since the transplant programs in Ireland started. Six hundred living donors and over almost seven and a half thousand transplants performed in this country since we started donation as far back as the um, 1950, early 1960s. So yeah. it's it's and, a huge and, gift, and yeah, eyes and, were donated when I started, but we we've stopped doing that at the moment. I don't know if there's any plans to recommence eye donation, yeah. and tissue donation um, in terms of heart valves can also happen. So as well as organs, you can donate tissue. In some countries, you can donate skin and bone, which is very important for burn victims, and um, we don't do that yet in Ireland, but it's something that is possible. Um, mm. 
And for the families then, Catherine, you know, the, the, uh, when they're waiting, you know, to, to reclaim the body, etc., does it add much more time to that? It does add some time. Um, we generally try and achieve um, the donation process, that gift, um, as quickly as possible based on, you know, the recipient's needs and the family's needs. And on average, I would say it takes between, by the time you get agreement... And the team and, and, and Organ Donation Transplant Ireland, the girls at the National Organ Procurement Service arrives in the hospital about 12 hours to occasionally 24 hours. Um, it, it, it will delay things slightly. But often that gives people um, time to be with their loved one. And um, it, 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 it just, you know, it, it gives them a focus. Um, and we do try and ensure that it's done you know, in an order to suit everybody, mm. recipients and families. And, um, you know, you know, but it does add, always will add some time. Um, but often I, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's regretted doing this. Ever. Yeah, indeed. And uh, just kind of bearing out one of the things you were saying about uh, the, the kidney transplants, a text was texted in to say, I donated to my sister in 1981. And it's still going strong for her. So Thanks that's, be to God. That's yes. 40 years. That's fantastic. Catherine, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That was Dr. Catherine Motherway, clinical lead on organ donation with University Hospital Limerick and Organ Donation Transplant Ireland. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm. On News Talk.